Welcome to the Disciples Today podcast. My name is Justin Renton coming to you from Johannesburg, South Africa. I am joined by Dr. Mark Aguirre, Country Director for Hope Worldwide South Africa, and Dave Malutnok, President of Hope Worldwide Global, joining us from Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, guys. How are you doing? Doing well. Great to be on the podcast, Justin. Fantastic. Well, maybe you can share a little bit about you know what it's like in Georgia, Dave, uh, with this uh, global lockdown. It's been really cool, Justin. That um, because I think we're we're slowing down, and and just the seriousness of the disease. Um, I've noticed just in general, people are friendlier because uh, there's a sense that we're all in this together. And um, we've been, you know, having uh, Zoom discipleship groups and Zoom midweeks. Uh, and we've, uh, for my family group, we, we've probably had some of the best discussions um, uh, with the guys and with families that we've ever had uh, just on, you know, meeting in Zoom. And uh, it's been really very, very encouraging how, how uh, people are allowing their, their faith to really guide them and move them. Fantastic. Thank God for modern technology that enables us to stay connected. Well, I wanted to, to dive in and talk right. a little bit about hope and, and uh, what you guys are doing around the world. And of course, for those who don't know, hope began in 1991 with just three projects in three countries. And now, according to Wikipedia, hope has now uh, grown to operate in 40 countries, serving nearly one and a half million needy people each year. In North America, there are 124 different chapters of hope. And in Cambodia, Hope runs and staffs two hospitals and three medical clinics. Charity Navigator, which is America's largest independent charity evaluator, have assigned Hope Worldwide uh, an accountability and transparency rating of 100 out of 100. Well done, guys. And an overall rating of four out of four stars, which, of course, is the highest rating you can get. I do want to say that, that so many disciples around the world are so proud that we have a world-class charity like Hope as part of our sort of family. So, Dave, you are the president. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, well, I've, um, I've been a disciple for uh, next month. This month it'll be 43 years. Wow. And uh, in September we'll be celebrating our 40th anniversary. Um, I like to tell people that Peggy and I got married when we were four. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, we've, we've, uh, we've been married, um, 40 years, have three children and three grandchildren. Um, and it's just been a, you know, it's been a great, a great run, uh, being a disciple of Jesus ups and downs and every which way, but um, we currently, we live in Atlanta and currently in church, uh, attend the North River Church of Christ, a uh, fantastic group of uh, disciples, probably about 1,100, 1,200 members, and um, I just feel so privileged to be able to be part of the Hope Worldwide family. Uh, I've started my career in 
the corporate world in strategic planning. And then um, we moved to Boston uh, in the mid-80s, and uh, we were in the ministry in Boston for a number of years. And then I was asked to lead Hope for Children, the adoption agency, uh, where we've been able to place um, uh, hundreds and hundreds of children for adoption from from children in the U.S. as well as orphans from around the world. And uh, it's so exciting to still see some so many uh, children that are now in their 20s that we I remember when they were babies and 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 being placed for adoption and um, so it's uh, that's been a blessing and then I did work for uh, Hope Worldwide as a CFO for a few years um, moved to Washington DC and and worked um, on Capitol Hill for a time and um, most recently uh, I was in the the senior leadership of Habitat for Humanity International, uh, which is based in Atlanta, uh, before coming to Hope. So it's it's uh, gained a lot of different kind of experiences that we're able to use to uh, to continue the the great work that Hope has been doing. Now, please tell us about your new role as president for Hope Worldwide and the addition of Reese Neeland as the interim chief evangelist. What's what's happening there? Well, you know, Hope Worldwide is a it, it's a unique organization. We're we're obviously Christian based, um, and uh, in operating in forty some countries and chapters, uh, hundred twenty over hundred twenty chapters in the U.S. Uh, we, we have to operate as a professional uh, non-governmental organization or NGO. Uh, and we have laws and um, processes and procedures that we follow. Um, we really want to have a, and, and we are, we do have a, a very strong professional approach to the work that we do. Uh, and so it's it's necessary to have leadership that understands the strategic and and uh, professional work within the nonprofit community, but also we are so tied to the International Churches of Christ. And uh, without the International Churches of Christ, there there really wouldn't be uh, a hope worldwide. So. Um, we also have to make sure that we have the right connection and communication with uh, church members and church leaders. And uh, recently we really saw that, you know, having, we, we really need to have a, a leadership that if you can uh, sort of the way we look at it, have certain swim lanes uh, where, uh, my role as, as president is responsible for the operation of the programs, the, the professionalism of the programs globally. Uh, and then we realized that, but we, we need a, someone, um, preferably an evangelist that has experience working with church leaders, working with the churches, because that's also a crucial part of it. Uh, and then we have the whole administrative side of Hope Worldwide, finance and 
and IT and HR and, uh, you know, all the things to make this organization run. And uh, so we've divided the leadership into three individuals with myself as uh, president and then Keith Rose as uh, chief financial officer and chief administrative officer. Uh, and then we started a new uh, position called chief evangelist. And uh, that person is, is responsible for uh, communication and inspiring and working together with the churches uh, because we, we really want to help the churches um, have as many volunteer opportunities as possible. Jesus talk, uh, talks so much about and, and show in his life how he helped the poor. Uh, if you know, you look at the gospels, a third of a third of what was written about with Jesus was about how he helped the poor. And so, um, the role of chief evangelist is really that to help inspire churches, church leaders, church members, uh, to help the poor and to really carry out, uh, the full ministry of Jesus. And we've been so fortunate to have, uh, Reese uh, come along. He'd been on the board for about six years. He's been an evangelist for close to 38 years. So, um, and most importantly, he has an incredible heart for the poor. And he really understands teaching and, and preaching about the full ministry of Jesus. And uh, so the three of us work together. Uh, we have chosen that we're, we're unless for major decisions, we all either all three agree or we don't do certain things. And, um, neither of us, we all three have equal, uh, authority, uh, but just, uh, but with different swim lanes and different responsibilities. So it's working very well. Reese is a fantastic guy as is Keith and, uh, strong disciples. Um, and it's just a pleasure working together. Yes, it sounds like you've got a great team together there. Uh, I heard Reese explain this uh, in Jakarta in February to all the regional family chairmen, and it looks like you've got a good team together. You know, these are unprecedented times with the coronavirus and the, the changes it's making around the world, and I'm sure a lot of people are interested in knowing what Hope Worldwide is doing globally. Maybe we can switch to you, Mark. You can start off with this. Uh, what is Hope Worldwide South Africa doing uh, with regards to uh, serving the poor? Thank you, Justin. So so maybe just to give some background, um, when the World Health Organization characterized COVID-19 as a pandemic in mid-March, Africa was uh, initially spared. Uh, however, this is now changing rapidly. And in the, the last few weeks, we've seen the number of affected African countries actually increase dramatically. And I think we all know that, you know, youth generally are considered a significant protective factor. But when it comes to Africa, how the virus is, you know, will evolve and manifest itself um, here in South Africa and other parts of Africa still really remains unknown. And, and that's because I think in Africa, we, we tend to have a much higher prevalence of endemic conditions like malnutrition, uh, malaria, HIV and AIDS and tuberculosis. So, I think that we can anticipate that, you know, in Africa, there is going to be a higher in incidence of 
severe forms of COVID-19, even in younger, uh, younger people, uh, because of these endemic conditions that actually affect the immune system. We see our role as hope here in South Africa and in other parts of Africa. Um, our role is primarily preventative and supportive. Uh, and in several countries, what we're doing is we've been raising awareness on COVID-19, how to protect oneself, obviously hand washing, social distancing. We're even providing soap in certain countries. And um, I know Botswana, they've provided some washing stations. And we're also helping people understand what the symptoms are so that, you know, if they, they, they experience those, they can get, they can get, you know, quick treatment. Here in South Africa, we're also adding an, an, uh, a number of things, and we're working closely with government and a number of corporate partners to provide food. They're, they're, they've been home, homebound for a while now, and their only meal uh, they were getting, a substantial meal, was coming from preschools or schools. And now these children are at home, and so we're seeing an increase in child hunger. We're getting requests from people asking and, uh, us to help them from government. So uh, this, we, we've been very proactive in this way, and we're working with corporate partners to um, help with emergency feeding and, and getting food uh, to, to vulnerable families and children. We're also seeing, uh, which is really exciting, seeing church members that are involved in a program that we call SHIELD, which is really kind of an adoptive family program um, where we connect uh, families in need with, with uh, family groups. Well, obviously that that can't happen on a, on a, on a, on a physical level, but we're seeing um, uh, the, the church members still continue to, to reach out to these families and actually provide financial support to these families in need. So it really has been very encouraging to see how many people are coming together to respond. Wonderful to see the sense of solidarity and coming together. And we, we're making sure that all we do and all our officers are taking extra measures for hygiene, not only for ourselves, but also for the communities we serve. So we're making sure our people are going out with the right protective equipment. But um, it's, been, it's been encouraging just to see how, um, you know, Hope is responding. And, uh, but the needs are huge. The needs are massive. And, uh, uh, you know, as far as I can see, we're just starting. I mean, this storm is just starting here in Africa. We're a couple of weeks behind Europe and, and the U.S. And so we're anticipating a massive challenges and we're trying to figure out right now how you know we can play a role in, in responding to, to this crisis. And Dave, what is Hope Worldwide doing in other countries around the world to cope with uh, this pandemic? Uh, thanks for asking. There, there's, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing as um, I'm on calls and working with different parts of the world, uh, you know, that Hope is doing amazing things, and when I say hope, it's it's really the disciples and the volunteers are doing amazing things. And in the U.S., uh, we have multiple uh, Spark Academies, and uh, in partnership with American Red Cross uh, and Saturday Spark Academies, that we provide now online programming to uh, young participants providing uh, trauma-informed healing arts. Uh, we started with uh, one of the uh, hardest hit areas in, in the U.S., Houston, about three years ago with floods. And children were just traumatized after they had to move away from their homes and see their homes destroyed. And uh, the Red Cross uh, saw what, what we were doing there and, and have decided to fund a number of programs throughout the country 
where we're doing just that. And we use uh, volunteers as well as um, uh, some trauma experts uh, to, um, to continue that going. Uh, we have uh, sewing groups in some of our chapters where uh, primarily women are, uh, have uh, uh, patterns where they're making face masks for hospitals, for the elderly. Uh, we have um, uh, a lot of uh, number of food pantries where uh, volunteers are uh, getting uh, food organized and then letting people come and, and pick them up or delivering them to their porches. Uh, so it's, it's just so exciting to see the kind of collaboration and hard work that um, our members, uh, volunteers, are, are doing that to help their, their neighborhoods and their communities. Um, we also work in a lot of partnerships. Uh, one of our partnerships is with Feed the Children, and they've uh, helped us in the past with delivering semi-trucks um, to uh, communities that have been affected by uh, various disasters, whether they be floods or tornadoes or hurricanes. And um, through this partnership, uh, we just uh, delivered 40,000 pounds of food to San Diego, uh, or we will, uh, April 6th, the trucks are coming in. And uh, that's going to help those that are, that are having difficulty uh, getting food and affording uh, food. Uh, we hope to have another truck coming into the uh, North LA area as well. So, you know, just the, the different partnerships that we've been able to build throughout the, the years are now uh, uh, taking shape and we're able to work with those partners. And of course, what Hope Worldwide is able to do is to, through our churches, uh, really uh, recruit volunteers that are able to be uh, hands on the ground um, and, and sort of boots on the ground to to help uh, disseminate a lot of stuff. Of course, we're doing this all uh, with the highest uh, regard for safety. Uh, globally, it's amazing. Uh, we have two hospitals in Cambodia and three medical clinics, and uh, we serve about 250,000 people a year. And uh, those hospitals do everything from surgeries and seeing urgent care patients, delivering babies, um, having, uh, you know, uh, neonatal wards for uh, uh, difficult deliveries. And with COVID-19, all this other um, uh, medical issues are still going on. Um, so the hospitals are not, uh, we're not registered to be able to treat COVID-19, but we're able to, take care of um, uh, individuals that, that have medical issues um, so as to not, uh, so that it kind of frees up the hospitals that are specifically uh, handling COVID-19 patients uh, for them to be able to do their jobs. We have um, uh, a clinic in Papua New Guinea that's working with the government um, and providing testing for COVID-19 patients. 
Um, in the UK, uh, we deal a lot with homelessness and, and drug abuse, and we're still working um, online and in using social distancing to try to help those that are um, uh, are homeless to be able to, to find a, a decent and safe place to stay. And, um, you know, there's still those uh, that are dealing with drug abuse. And um, we're still working with, with those individuals to try to help them uh, through online counseling, uh, as well as uh, safe social distance counseling uh, to help those individuals. Uh, Hong Kong is distributing masks and hygiene materials um, they, as they work, um, do a lot of work with the elderly. You know, of course, the elderly are a, a very high um, potentially infected uh, group. Um, we're doing work in Singapore, South America, Indonesia, it's just amazing how uh, I think the volunteers of hope, disciples are uh, are working in a in a way of really helping people by having faith and not fear and having peace, not panic, and trying to um, help others that are fearful and that are panicky to, to really um, give them faith and give them peace. So the, the various things that uh, we've been doing at Hope Worldwide, we have to continue. Uh, we just have to, we're finding ways of, of uh, safely performing the different services and helping the different people that we need to. Uh, Dave, this is very inspiring to hear all the the great work that Hope is doing in this in this crisis. Have you found that uh, that some of your normal programs have been negatively affected by this worldwide, uh, almost worldwide lockdown of of so many countries? Um, yeah, unfortunately, so there there are a couple of programs, uh, the volunteer corps, youth corps, uh, as well as the brigades that we send um, that do require travel to certain areas that we've had to um, uh, to temporarily um, shut down. Um, we, we hope that uh, because they're, these programs are incredible, they're just so um, incredibly important for those that we serve as well as the volunteers that go on the, these trips because they're both the beneficiaries that we serve and the volunteers are transformed. Uh, so we've had to put a halt on our, uh, those two programs in particular. Um, and then other programs, as I mentioned, we are figuring out different ways to still provide services and still help those uh, that need help. And why is it important for people to keep donating, even though there's obviously a lot of economic fear as to how this is going to impact worldwide? Um, why is it important for people to keep donating to Hope and the work that you guys are doing? I guess to start, Hope is not considered a first responder. Uh, we don't have uh, the global technical expertise, nor do we have um, 
just the ability to to be a first responder. Uh, and, you know, with the COVID-19, uh, we are just seeing heroes every day, uh, which would be the first responders, people that are, you know, on the front lines, doctors, nurses. Um, but just like in any disaster, uh, hope, you know, if there's a, a hurricane or a typhoon, um, shortly after it's safe to go in, then we work in the cleanup and we work in helping people to find the kind of services they need in helping to rebuild. Um, this is a, is a global disaster and there's going to be so much work that it's going to be necessary to help people. Uh, there are going to be, um, a lot of need for trauma and helping children get through this time. Uh, once, uh, hopefully the COVID-19, um, it, it has been, uh, it, at least the cases have been flattened out and, and we're able to, to get in and, and, and do more interpersonal, um, services. Uh, there's going to be trauma. There's going to be, uh, people that, have been without for a lot of things. And when this dies down, um, we're planning on, on going full steam ahead and we're going to need funds to be able to do that. Yeah, certainly here in Africa. And I think in many uh, third world countries, uh, we are definitely concerned about, uh, you know, not really being able to socially distance and isolate and, and quarantine, you know, so many large communities and, and the impact that virus could have would be, uh, is potentially catastrophic. So we, we definitely uh, want to support Hope and, and, and you guys being able to come and, and help rebuild some of these communities that, that could be devastated by this. Now, is there anything else that, that disciples can do to support Hope Worldwide's efforts and the local relief efforts in the, in the next few months? This is a time when, where there's a lot of fear in people, and we could provide... Um, faith. And there's a lot of time where uh, now that people are in panic mode and um, we as disciples and as volunteers of hope can help people find some peace. So we obviously have to follow our local guidelines with safety, um, you know, hand washing, social distancing. Um, but we have neighbors, we have um, friends that we can call and talk to. And as much as we could just be that, uh, even though it's not a physical one-on-one um, -on -one interpersonal uh, time of, of um, encouragement, we can certainly do that at a distance. We can do that on the phone. We can do that over various uh, you know, Skype or, or WhatsApp or, uh, or Zoom. This is a time when I think we as, as disciples of Jesus can really be that light on a hill and, and help people find peace and help people um, get through this panicky time. And um, so, you know, calling and, and encouraging, texting, 
um, using social media. Uh, the, there's, we see so much on the, in the news that creates panic. And I think what God would want us to do is to find peace through all this. So, um, helping one another and helping our neighbors. Uh, just yesterday I was, our, we have neighbors that, um, have three small children. 11, nine and five. And, um, as I was, uh, staying at a distance with them, but we just talked about, are they afraid and what are they afraid of? And, um, you know, helping these three little girls to just, uh, realize that, you know, we'll get through this and, um, try not to be afraid and, you know, um, have you ever prayed and you should, you know, try praying and just the uh, ways that, you know, thinking about how would Jesus deal with this if he were in a situation like we're in? And I, I think he would just try to um, help people be peaceful through this. Well, thank you so much, Dave, and thank you, Mark. As we as we wrap up this episode, uh, I just want to let you know that that you guys are heroes to so many people, and all the work that Hope does around the world is just so inspiring. So we certainly want to, you know, hold up your arms and help you guys to to do the work that you do. Um, next week we're going to be having, or our next episode rather, we're going to be having John and Rachel, the leaders of the church in Milan, share about what it's been like to have been in in three weeks of quarantine and to be able to, uh, you know, sort of enter their fourth week in Italy. So stay tuned for the next episode and thank you so much. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Justin. Thanks, Dave.